I don't really have a, a fancy beginning. I just normally just go into talking. So that's just what I do. Sounds great. Now that I said that, I got a mental block. This is great. This is the perfect start. <laughs> You're not hurting me. Um, okay. So, hello, Tara. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And it's Christopher? Yes, that is Christopher. Yes. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. Absolutely. Whenever I see it spelled that way, I always want to put extra syllables in it. Many people have thought that same thing <laughs> uh, during, during my life. There you go. Um, so... I am talking to you in my uh, for my creative series, nice. and I've noticed. I did a little digging. Um, I noticed that you started a a thing called Paperly People, which involved paper things back in 2015. Uh, could yeah. you t- could you tell the listeners a little bit about Paperly People, how it got started, and how it's doing currently? Oh, I can for sure. So back in 1999, I was lucky enough to be working, and don't worry, I'm not going day by day from then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was lucky enough to be working at a hosting company. I didn't even know what that was, let alone that that websites were going to be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But so throughout the 2000s, 1990 to 2000, I had um, a little little um, company where I made websites for people. Those were real HTML websites, so I knew how to do all that. And then come later, maybe like 2012, I got really sick of having to chase clients and do all that. And so I started, I think in 2013, I decided I was going to make necklaces on Etsy because I had um, hired a business coach and he said that unilaterally what I should do because of I have a big marketing website, that was my background. He said, unilaterally, I should work with realtors. And I thought, if I have to do nothing but work with realtors for the rest of my life, I will kill myself. <laughs> so, so I decided that I would make work necklaces on Etsy. And I started that. And I, um, I, I literally hate making necklaces. Like, I, I, I'm a crafty person. We'll probably get around to more of what I'm doing creatively, too. But um, making necklaces was not my jam. And so I looked at my business and I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to figure out something that I can do creatively that matches my actual, my business. And so I started Paperly People. And what that is is... It's a whole bunch of planners and worksheets and little tiny courses and things for people to help their businesses, their creative businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So I have creative order forms. I have, and and I don't think creativity is limited to artists, right? I think that so many of us got the creativity beat out of us when we were in school and we're told that Matthew was the creative one and none of us are the creative ones. And so um, I feel like people that are doing marketing, fancy marketing, fun marketing in direct sales are creative people. I do like realtors. I just don't want them all the time. And I think a lot of them do creative things. So I really enjoy making those forms and it's amazing. I've sold over $25,000 worth of them on Etsy, which is awesome. And, you know, now I hardly do any work for that part of my business because 
they're they're made and they sit there and then I you know just sell them, which is a benefit. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. The necklaces you make, you said that you made them for work. They're uh, what were they normally made out of? It was like um. So so I went to a thing, and thank God I did because it literally changed the trajectory of my life. Right. Um, I went to a. They have like craft things where you can buy scrapbook paper, but they there was a jewelry making place there that had they have like they're called blanks, and so they were blank, and then because I'm a, a graphic artist for my you know for marketing. I could make little, like I made ones for nurses and I made ones for doctors and I made ones for realtors and I made ones for all different kinds of people. And I I think it's a great idea. If somebody wants to do it, I mean, I sold a bunch of them. <laughs> I just didn't like the act of making them, which, but it totally got me onto Etsy, working on Etsy, doing all that. And so I think part of, your life is recognizing, oh, I tried this thing and it didn't turn out exactly the way I thought it would, but man, it really changed, you know, how I look at the world. Hmm. Okay. I also noticed that you, you made, you talked about altered art uh, in one of your, okay. Uh, your videos. Okay. So this is, so, so that is, let's, let's call that the first tiny baby step in my world now okay okay um so in 2016 my husband and i decided why not adopt three kids in our late 40s and so we did and we have three amazing kids two of them are still in our home and one of them's um out on her own now and i was still somewhat doing the marketing i hadn't really transitioned out of it and i was like I just thought, oh, we'll just wrap the kids in, right? I can still work 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, and have kids and do everything that you're supposed to do. So I did that for a year, and then I functionally, like, the wheels fell off. I couldn't do it anymore. There was nothing there. And so I decided then I couldn't shut down my business right away because it was helping to pay the bills. But I decided right then to really look at what do I like in my life and in my business. And so the three things I like in my life and my business are blogging. It's my very favorite thing. I love blogging, making pretty pictures, and bossing people around. So <laughs> okay. Right? So that's what I like to do. And so what I did was I have um, – I have a website called Artsy Fartsy Life, and I started that probably two years ago, and I put a few essential oils posts up because I like essential oils, and I put some posts about our adoption, and it was kind of a general, you know, sort of kind of nice sort of thing, and then my mom moved in, my mother-in-law actually, and she has Alzheimer's, and so when I am stressed, I blog. Right. Like that's how I handle my stress. And so last year I started blogging about Alzheimer's on that blog because I was like, I can't put it on my marketing blog. So I'll just put it on this thing I made over here a couple of years ago. Well, right now I'm getting about 40,000 hits a month to that site. And so a lot of it's coming from Pinterest to those types of posts. But what I decided was I was going to start doing art every day, something artistic every day. And so 
I do um, altered art books. So for anybody who's listening, you might hear them called junk journals. You might hear them called, you know, media journals, things like that. And so I started being creative like that. And then I thought, gosh, you know, I have this artsy fartsy blog. I could start doing things like that on there. So I am making decent money from the ads on that blog right now. And the year of 2020 for me is going to be the artsy fartsy blog. And I'm going to be working on my video channel. I'm going to be working on getting more traffic to that blog because I know how to do it, right? Like everything that I've done, all these little pieces in my life have led up to the fact that I know how to get traffic to a blog. I know how to do all that, but right now the fun thing is that I get to do it in conjunction with making artwork. Now, am I great at it? I'm okay. Like, I don't think that I'm a fabulous artist. I think that I'm bossy and I like to teach people how to do the things that I like to do. And right. so even now I've had people say, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to start a, um, I was at a, a conference a month and a half ago and I was doing some of it at the table and one of the gals came up to me and it was a blogging conference, right? Because that's my life. And uh, one of the gals came up and said, I never knew how to do this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you need to go to my site. I'll teach you how to do it and all that. And so when you find the things that kind of make your heart happy and then you share it with other people, whether you're sharing the how to do it the way I am, you may not be bossy, right? You may be normal or just creative or just an artist or and it's not a just, but it, being able to embrace those things that you like to do and then learning how to make money doing it is the most amazing thing in the world. I, I'm noticing you in just our short time talking there, there are a lot of hats. There's a lot of sites. There's a lot of things going on uh, for you. So I'm, I'm wondering how do you balance the time for each of those endeavors? Oh my gosh. I have a course about this. Um, (laughs) I have worked with entrepreneurs my whole entire time. I've talked to a thousand of them, like over a thousand people, one-on-one talking to them. And I will tell you, I have some really good tips here. Okay. So the very first thing I do is every month I have a theme. So the theme of this month is blogging. I blog every day in December and I've done it for the last, since 2012. I know that because Some of my highest statistics are from 2012 posts when I blogged every day. So today, let's talk about today. I have to write a blog post. I literally finished posting it to Pinterest right before we jumped on this call because that's the one thing I had to do today. And then I had this scheduled with you a long time ago. So I make sure I got that done. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else I have to do today. I don't have to make a new worksheet. I don't have to promote something else. I don't have, like, I'm just very gentle with myself. And so I have one thing a month I do. This month's blogging. The second thing is I say no to lots of things. Like my father-in-law is the most amazing man. I love him to death. And yes, Sunday, so a couple days ago, was his birthday. And he wanted me to come down to his birthday party and I'm a huge introvert. I couldn't imagine going to a party. They had like 60 people in a room. And my husband's out of town and I'm taking care of our kids. 
I had to say no to my father-in-law because I just couldn't do that, manage our kids, do my work and everything else that comes along with it. And I think that's the hardest part. When you hear people say, how do you find time to do what's important to you? It's not about saying no to the things that you don't want to do. Like I say no to everything I don't want to do. Um, <laughs> the hard part is saying no to things that you really would love to do, but know that they would mess up your whole world. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very Not many people have the power to say no because of certain commitments. You know, they even if it does major damage to them as a person. Right. And so, but we have, but there's other things that you can do to offset that. So he has at his church, he's off asking for donations. And so my middle daughter and I are going to go down and take women's products down to it. It's something that I can do that, that a, I like donating those kind of things to homeless shelters. My middle girl's super excited to go. We'll get to see Poppy Mac. You know, there's a bunch of wonderful things that go along with it. And it's also something that will help me rather than taking away from you. It's, it's, so it's sort of like an equivalent exchange. You sort of say no to this one thing, but then you then come through with something else, which may balance the scales, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know that it's even Steven all the time, but it made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right? Like, you all have to do what you can do. And it's so funny because, like, when I was single, people, I always say when I was single, I've been married to my husband for 20 years. Okay. Before my husband and I got our three children, we could do lots of things. I mean, like, we were dinks, man. We went to Vegas all the time. We did everything. We had a lot more money. I mean, like, gosh, it was an amazing time. But... Now that I have kids, I mean, I think that, that you really need to make priorities. So how do I do everything? I make priorities in my life. So my number one priority, and this is going to sound very selfish, is me. Because if I don't fix me, then nothing else works. So at least a couple times a week, I go away from my family and I sit somewhere and I plan on my business or I look at Pinterest or I... I do something that's just for me. And that's a couple hours. It's like I'm not abandoning them for days, but I have to have time by myself. And then second is my family. So, you know, if my kids have something, then nobody else gets it. And then after that comes friends and after that comes business responsibilities. And I have built my business around being able to be that kind of person in that order. A lot of people get those numbers mixed up. Yeah, well, I did for years and it was fine for years, right? Like when I was building my, and I'm lucky now. So I have, um, I'm a marketing person. So I have large social networks. I have a large email list. I have websites that get a lot of traffic. So I, I did spend a lot of time working very hard, but it happened to be doing something I love to do, right? Right. Um, so that's, I've just, I think I've always thought of being an entrepreneur um, and torturing my family with that means <laughs> that I get to do what I want and I'm not going to spend time doing things that I don't like to do. Gotcha. Um, so the social media side of getting all of these creative things out, when do you think that you got the hang of, you know, putting yourself out there, self-marketing, so to speak? on social media? 
Um, I like social media. I know a lot of people don't and they, they make it grumpy. But again, I'm very specific about it. So my Tara Jacobson on Facebook is the primary place where I put kind of all my stuff. And I have a lot of, I have a bunch of followers. I have a bunch of people that, that like me, I guess. Um, and of course that reaches down. So it's mostly people that actually like me. I have a Facebook page for my Etsy girls on Facebook and that's a nice place for me. So I enjoy doing that. And then I have a huge Pinterest account that I focus on almost exclusively. It's almost all of my social media because Pinterest drives traffic to my websites. Okay. Instagram does nothing for me. So <laughs> I spend almost no time at all on Instagram. And then I have um, like 20,000 people on Twitter and 20,000 people on LinkedIn. So I will post my stuff on there. Mm -hmm. But two years ago, because I haven't checked since then, it was just too darn depressing. Two years ago, I got 108 hits from Twitter all year. 108 hits to my website. So for me, it's kind of a vanity thing. And yeah, I put my stuff up there. And then when people want to, you know, have me on a podcast or something, it looks good. Right. But that's not something I literally post a picture, looks at, look at thoughts of dog, thoughts of dog to see what he has to say. It's a dog that talks on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then I leave. I don't spend any time on that. And then on LinkedIn, I've gotten some amazing um, opportunities to speak and, like real business connections on there, mm -hmm. but I don't, um, I don't spend any time there, right? Like if they happen to find me because of something I posted, that's amazing. But I really only like Pinterest and then the people who are nice on Facebook. Gotcha. So I have a whole system though. Everything I do, you know, you started with the paperly. I have like rigid systems for everything I do. So if I'm going to publish a blog post, which I just did, so I can tell you exactly what I do. I have a tab in my browser. You know how like you can make little bookmarks? Right. Okay. So my bookmarks are submitted to the control panel in Google and then um, Facebook, my person. So then I'll post it on my person. And then I have a tab for my group. So if it's appropriate to my group, I remember to share it to my group. And then my business pages, depending on which business page it's supposed to go to, I post it there. Then I have a tab for Twitter. So I post it to Twitter. I copy it to the LinkedIn. And then I make between three and four different pictures for Pinterest. So I will pin the first picture today. Mm-hmm one of my boards and then I use a scheduling tool called Tailwind and I will pin it out every four days, four to seven days. Um, and it went all the way out till uh, January 2nd or something like that, or maybe the 15th. And then I will put it in Tailwind's looping so it'll go out like every three months or four months after that. And then I will take the other pictures and put them on my calendar one to go out and do that whole thing again two weeks from now and one to go out two weeks after that. So I do an awful lot of work on it, but it's, it's rote, right? Like I don't have to think about it. That's exactly what I do for each of them. I don't overthink it. I don't think, well, will this, so I write stuff about caregiving for Alzheimer's. 
I don't think, oh, well, will this look good on my, uh, you know, on my Twitter? I don't care. It's Twitter. If somebody becomes offended because I put something about caring for my disabled mother-in-law on Twitter, then they're not the type of person that I want to attract to my business anyways. You, you, make, you make it sound so simple. That, that, it's so simple. And you know how long it's taken to get here? 20 years. I was, like, I, I was going to say it had to take some time to make it sound this easy. Yeah, and it is this easy. And that's the thing I want people to know because I do talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and it's so cute. I'll talk to them and I'll say, okay, if you could, and I do this for everybody I ever talk to. I don't talk to people anymore, so I'm not pitching it. But if you could only do one thing all day, every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I'll ask them that and, and, you know, they'll have a hard time and they're like, well, it would be knitting. Okay. If it's knitting, there's a lady that has made a whole town in Missouri, a knitting extravaganza place who makes millions of dollars doing it. So if it truly is knitting, let's go with that. But like, what's the business thing that you like doing? And, and they, they just can't understand that if they pick that one thing that they love and work on it every day. There's a guy um, on, on a podcast called Food Blogger Pro, and he talks about 1% infinity, and I really love it. He's like, you don't have to get much better, but if you get 1% better every day, like if you start doing that little bit every day, you can get there. And I don't exactly follow that, but what I did was when I had my, um, it wasn't an official nervous breakdown, but it was a it was a pretty good breakdown when I realized I couldn't have the same business as I had and have three children. Right then I decided, okay, every day I'm going to do something until I get to where I love my work every day. And I would say I'm at like 95% loving my work every day. I write blog posts every day and then I get to boss people around because I make videos and I'm doing art and Oh my gosh, I go to Michael's and I can tax rate it off, right? Because I'm making videos about how to use this stuff. So the goal is to find out what you would love to do. And this is the other part. I've done lots of stuff, right? Like I didn't figure this out 20 years ago. I was a realtor in there in the middle. I hated that. <laughs> um, I tried to make big courses like those $2,000 courses. I don't like doing that. I tried to have year-long coaching programs. I don't like doing, like I've found a lot of things that I don't like to do. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, I woke up one morning and went, oh, my life is so amazing. I went through the swamp of, gosh, now I can, I can check this one off. That one is, oh, I had a podcast years ago. I don't like doing that. I love being a guest. I don't like it's such hard work. Like I've I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's tough. But so I don't want anybody to think that like magically I came upon this. I worked my butt off to get here, but once you're here, it's really nice. Yeah. Once you once you once you clear that tape, you're you're in that uh, rarefied air. Yeah. Oh, 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 and I have one more thing. Okay. I'm not allowed to do anything else. I didn't stop being an entrepreneur just because I got here, right? Like, right. I still have all those ideas. And 
I literally have my main marketing blog because that's the one I make the most ad revenue off of. And it's what my job was for 20 years, right? I'm not just going to abandon it because I decided to get all artsy fartsy and turn into a hippie, right? <laughs> um, so I have that and that's, that's a part of my life. I post at least twice a week on there. I support the girls and everybody who I've worked with. I have... Um, huge email drip campaigns that I do with that. I go on different kinds of podcasts and talk about marketing, right? Like, so that, that I didn't abandon that. It's, it's over there. I still love marketing. So it, it's, it's a happy place. And then I don't get to decide, oh, I want to, um, I want to do the marketing artfully. And then I want to do the artsy fartsy. Oh, and I'm going to start doing this other thing, right? Mm -hmm. I would have to stop doing something in order to start doing something else. And I have three women who I've met with on a monthly basis for the last one of them for the last like nine years mm -hmm. who call me on my crap. So if I start veering off or have a really great idea or do any of that stuff, then they, um, they tell me that you're doing it again. And so are you happy where you are? And I'm like, I'm so happy where you, where I am. And they're like, then don't do that thing. Like you don't <laughs> need to do that thing. So uh, I even years ago made a, um, and it works wonderfully if I remember to do it. It's called a big ideas sheet. So there's like a big ideas sheet and then you break it down into little ideas and then you break it down into projects, right? So you have your high level and then what you're thinking you're going to do and then what you're what the tasks would be to do it. And it's so funny. I have saved myself so many money, so much money in domain names, because if I can't fill out like three of those for an idea I have, Oh, I had the best idea for um, introverted t-shirts. I hate making introverted t-shirts just so you know. Okay. Um, you know, so if, if I'll do it on paper and I can't sustain the excitement on paper, then I know for sure that it's not something that if I were to do it in the real world, I would enjoy it. So what I tend to do now is I tend to, to you know, if I have that brainstorm, and it's something about how our brains work. I think it's David Allen with the getting things done. He's like, you just got to get that stuff out of your head. So I'll get it out of my head. I'll write it down. I'll have a grand old time. Maybe I'll spend a whole afternoon dreaming about it. And then I put it away and I go back to doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So you have like a, a, a vault with just good ideas that you. Oh, so amazing. They're just, yeah. And that's the thing is ideas are a dime a dozen. First off, you have to do them. It's so funny. I watched because I have um, blog posts about starting an Etsy business. And so people email me mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I have been, I've been studying. I've taken four courses. I've gotten some of the stuff made for my shop, but I'm really confused about shipping. And I'll ask them, well, how long have you been, you know, doing this? And they're like, oh, six months, some of them a year. I'm like, oh, for the love of God, put something up on your shop because you may not like it. Right? Like yeah. you, you could find out you don't like it. That's so funny because years ago, I, I did learn this one. Like I've learned all of these. Years ago, I spent like six months collecting stuff to do decoupage on bottles. I don't know if you know about that, but you take paper and you stick it to bottles and then you um, like you put beads and stuff on it, right? 
Okay. So I collected this stuff for like six months and you get napkins and, and all kinds of stuff. And I said, and finally I had a day when I was going to do it. Like the big day came and I sat down and I did it for 10 minutes and, and I hate decoupage on bottles. Like I hate <laughs> it more than life itself. I knew within 10 minutes, like I'm very good at figure. I would say my biggest, my biggest strength is figuring out something I hate not being embarrassed because I hate it and continuing to do it, but just going, oh, this isn't for me and moving on to the next thing that I might like. That's a, that's a good trait to have. Very good trait to have. Yeah. People say you shouldn't quit, but I quit all kinds of things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on how much time you put in. You said you put in six months before you decided to push everything away for after 10 minutes. So that means you you put in some time. Some people just quit right out the gate. I think that's. Oh no I'm... no! I really enjoy buying craft supplies, so it was not wasted time. <laughs> exactly exactly, and you probably ended up using those craft supplies for something else, or. Oh, I did. I mean, I don't think that that was it, but I think that a lot of times, especially entrepreneurs, because we because we get so excited about things, and because we have so many ideas, and because. We've told our family 4,000 different things that we want to try. A lot of times we'll, um, we'll get in a place where we're like, I don't care. Like, I just have to do this thing because I can't tell my husband, spouse, significant other, girlfriend, whatever. I can't tell them that I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. And, and luckily I have an amazing husband who, um, I think when, because I do sell on Etsy, I do sell um, vintage products on Etsy. And I think when I started actually shipping things, he noticed that um, that stuff was leaving and I was making money. And that was a turning point for him because I made way more money being a marketing person, but I don't think it was real to him. I think when he sees me boxing up stuff, he's like, oh, look, she's making money. Ah, I see. I see. <laughs> I see. Okay. So as I've noticed during our conversation, you are a uh, top tier storyteller. Uh, You are very concise and you can move between your points very cleanly and clearly. Uh, Do you have any favorite authors and or books that you want to tell the listeners about? I have so many. So is would this be business books or regular books? Well, let's go let's go regular and then we can transition to business. Okay. I love many Stephen King books. I hate the ending of it. Okay. Um I read a book called The Blue Nowhere by Jeffrey Deaver, which is very outdated because it's a book about um uh technology and it's it's of course moved way considerably on from that um but it's a really good story Mm -hmm. uh eve dallas um nora roberts another entrepreneur i love her nora roberts was told years ago by the publishing industry that she could not write as many books as she wanted to So she got herself a pseudonym and wrote more books (laughs) and she writes them. I can't remember what her pseudonym is um, and they may be selling them, but they're Eve Dallas books and they're 
about a um, murder cop who marries a billionaire. So those are very fun. I enjoy those a lot. Okay. I wish I enjoyed like Shakespeare and stuff, but I don't. It's it's an acquired taste. Yeah, I I, I hate Shakespeare. <laughs> it's, it's it's flowery prose. I I understand. There there are times when you know, of course, I had to read it for school, and some of it it just didn't hit properly at that age. Um, I think Macbeth probably hits a little better now, considering. I've read some behind the scenes stuff and I understand I understand some of the language a little better. So Macbeth does work for me, but other other than that that's probably the only one. Well, I totally get into like the Hunger Games. I totally get into it when that's all based on the districts and the capital and geopolitical, you know, that how resources are shared and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I read a book, actually, I listen to all my books. I never read books. I listen to them all through Audible. And uh, but I then I'll do a ton of research and find out about her storytelling. I think a lady wrote it, um, her storytelling and how she came upon world building and things like that. So. I enjoy those kinds of books. Okay. Okay. So on to the business books, which are, what are some of your favorite business books that you like to share? My one that I probably have gotten the most from is Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. I actually met him. I was moving to Denver in 2009 and I went to um, a talk with him in 2009 before he was Gary Vaynerchuk. And he was writing Crush It. And so I frequently will read that book. And then I will go back and listen to on YouTube all his keynotes from then. Mm -hmm. Because he very much talked about, he talks about worms. Like if you love worms and you think they're the best thing in the world, then figure out how to make your life about worms. And so I know for sure that, that he had that, like some of his other stuff is pretty hyperbolic for me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he cusses. I'm a big old sailor mom. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that's fine. But I think Crush It's amazing. I love anything by Malcolm Gladwell. I think he's um, so interesting and I love how he thinks about things. Um, so I've read all of his books numerous times. David Allen, Getting Things Done. A lot of my worksheets and stuff, I when I was having the breakdown about time and my my business, mm-hmm. I read his or listened to his book, and it was the old one. So he was talking about about making thirty six folders for each of the you know whatever, and I'm like, oh my god, this is not it. But if you listen to what he says and how he talks about getting all your, he's like amazing for entrepreneurs. Just get his book and listen to it or read it. Gotcha. Getting things done. Getting things done. Yes, okay. by David Allen. Okay, I'll write that down. Uh, hold on for one second. The police are in the. <laughs> Something you want to tell us? <laughs> no, no. It's just the uh, just a siren. Uh, okay, they've passed. So David Allen, uh, I've get a lot of the Vaynerchuk. Uh, his name just keeps popping up, you know, all over social media for me. Um, you know, I see people just, you know, they mention quotes, you know, they, they drop his name, they put, um, little videos in, uh, Instagram stories and stuff like that. So I've, I've seen him, I've heard a few things of his, 
uh, but I just haven't really delved in deep to his stuff. What I, what I don't love about him, so please be super careful, is he loves to t- he lo- he works about eighteen hours a day, and he has a person who follows him around and videotapes him, and he's super excited to work eighteen hours a day, right? Like that's his jam. And I'm so happy for him. I mean, I think that you can watch him and he's living his best life. My best life, somebody may look at it and say, well, first off, I sleep more than that. Um, <laughs> yes. But somebody might look at my life and say, well, you're working 10 hours a day. No, I'm making art like two of it. I'm blogging, which I don't, which I really enjoy doing. I'm taking pictures. I'm watching a course on how to do something new. Like my actual, I'm doing something workish that feels like work is very low for me. So I don't love that hustle and grind mentality. I'm, it might just be that I'm too old now. Um, I'm 50, I think I'm 52. I may be 53. But it is um, too much for me. I'm not a hustling grind girl. I may do sh- stuff you like a lot. There's, there, there are people that they like to push the idea of grind, grind, grind. But that, not everybody's meant to, you know, put themselves through the ringer like that. And yeah. there, there are those that try and find out the hard way that that's not really for them. Yeah. And I think that there are some people who that's perfect for, and that's awesome too. It's just when people try to twist themselves into a little pretzel, like I don't think, I, I have found that that meeting my idols, because I was a big kid marketer, right? Like I got to meet a lot of my marketing idols in real life and talk to them, mm-hmm. and they're delightful, but they're not what I, like they aren't who I thought they were. And they aren't um, these mystical creatures. They're just normal people. And I don't like some of them. <laughs> and some of them don't like me. And, you know, I think when you, when you take anybody and put them on a pedestal and say, oh, my gosh, I want to be that person, you're not realizing how immensely different every single one of us are and how, how you know, just the slightest difference in somebody's business means that they love their business or they hate it. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, Gary V. Okay. I'm noticing you have a lot of projects on a, during the day. Obviously, your, your sheets uh, set you up to schedule everything for specific, I guess, parts of the day. Um, it's, more, it's more so because I have problems, right? Like my mother-in-law... If she has a problem because of her memory loss or because of things that happen, like I just realized, I'm such a good mother. I just realized when my children walked in front in the door, they're bigger now. They're 15 and 12, so mm-hmm. they're they can get around themselves. Um, but when they walked in the door at 1:30, I'm like, oh, my children are home early today. That's right. It's a day. I functionally will not go to bed until whatever I have as my one, two, or three. I never have more than three things I have to do. So today I only had two blog posts and talk to you. Mm-hmm. But I will not go to bed until those things are done. And this is something that I learned a while ago, too. Gosh, I've learned a lot, is to work when I work. 
So when I when I was single, married to my husband, mm -hmm. um, I would do all kinds of other different things, you know, during the day, maybe check out Facebook, maybe play on the phone, maybe do all those things. And then I had time at night to do it. And now I find that if I dink around all day, then it's taking time away from either my sleep, which I enjoy very much, or my children and my family. So when I sit my butt in the chair, I just sit there and I work. I turn off Facebook. I don't have my phone with me. I don't do any of that. I just sit and work. So every once in a while, I'll use that Pomodoro tomato thing. I don't, I don't have to do that. But I just put my butt down in the chair and I work while I'm working. And then when I'm not working, I schedule that too. So like um, not the coming Monday, but the following Monday, I'm going to dinner with a very dear friend. So I'm going to quit working at three. That's fine. I don't have to feel bad about that. I have it scheduled. I schedule my time off. I schedule my time when I'm working. And I know a lot of people feel like scheduling makes you um, like it's very restrictive but for me, it's very freeing. If I say I'm getting off at noon on Friday, I don't have to think about like work after noon o'clock because I'm off now. And that's amazing. I already have, you know, uh, Christmas Day and Christmas Eve are totally blank. I am not working on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day unless you're a heart surgeon. I don't. Oh, and you're Christian, right? Like, right. so if you're. Jewish, then feel free to work. Um, but unless you're a heart surgeon, everybody should take time off at times that matter to them. It's, it's interesting. You, you managed to answer two of my questions at the same time without me even asking them. Like Yay, I, I just, I just gave you, I gave you a prompt <laughs> and you, you took out two of them at the same time. That's, 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 that's uh, amazing talent. Amazing. Yay. You're a sniper. I am. I can ask this. Uh, are you your own worst critic? No, I think I'm awesome. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I stopped criticizing myself, right? Like, if you go back and you look at my um, videos... When I started, I really sucked, right? Like, I was really bad. And then I got better. And then now I'm doing these art videos. Oh, for the love of God. I So I got this tripod thing. And, like, I did a couple. And I put them on my real mar marketing uh, YouTube. And they're pretty bad, too. Like, they're dark. And they're not great. Um, but I did them and now I did some the other day and they're much better. And as I keep going, I will get better. And I think if you're criticizing yourself all like if you're criticizing yourself all the time, then you're not going to do anything right. Like you're you're going to be looking back and go, oh, I didn't start perfect. I haven't started anything perfect. I, in fact, I have started everything rolling down the road, like with my arms flailing, not knowing what I was doing, you know, finding out 10 minutes later. I like I try so many things that if I was criticizing myself the whole time, I would be really sad. Do I always and I don't have to have things perfect. You know what? I have found that there are people in the universe 
in fact, two of them this week have emailed me and said I did something wrong. Um, one was how I had labeled a product I was selling. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually pine needles, not rattan. So I thanked her profusely and I changed it. And then I had a typo and somebody emailed me and I was like, thank you so much. And they were so excited to have helped me. And I didn't feel badly that I had a typo because it doesn't matter. Like it's marketing or it's art or it's, um, you know, let's go back to the brain surgeons. Those guys, they have to be spot on, man. You got to be a good brain surgeon. But anything else you're doing, do it as well as you can do it. And then, and then do it better the next time. I, I, I truly do. Like those people that I was telling you about that have spent six months trying to figure out how to get perfect before they'll open an Etsy store or trying to figure out like the perfect plugins for their blog when they haven't written a blog post, write the blog post, you know, sell the product, do the thing, launch a podcast when you don't know what you're doing. Everybody starts everything not knowing what they're doing. So be the one that'll, you know, try something. It's a lot of the advice that I've seen on the internet says the opposite. It does? Why? So I don't know why. I don't know. Especially for me with podcasting, a lot of, there are there are some that say what you said, just get in there, go do it, muck around. It's not going to be perfect. But there are some that say you know, if you want to get into this thing, you should have five to ten episodes prepared. You should already have like uh, this whole thing sort of down pat as you get started. So that way you're just on a roll. There's a lot of conflicting information when it comes oh. when it comes to getting things started. I am. That makes me so sad. In fact, I follow this podcast who I adore the first degree. It's about um, murder because I really enjoy true crime. And um, they did, and it's so funny. So they did 15 of them, and I guess they had bad um, microphones. Mm -hmm. And the one girl tended to eat during the taping. And so they, um, the, the guy is a, is a, like, a best-selling writer. But after the 15th one, they, for, like, the next five, they said, please, we got better. If you, you know, if you go back, you'll hear that the sound wasn't that great. But if they didn't do the first 15 of them, they wouldn't have gotten to number 16 to do better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. And if, if you know, if you don't start, if you, I guess that goes back to who's judging me, right? Like, if, if you don't like my artwork, which is okay, like my father-in-law, Papa Mac, who we talked about, Mm -hmm. is um is an artist like he's an he was an art teacher for 35 years he's a real artist he has real artist friends i have a painting by one of, like they're real artists my art isn't like that it, but it's the best that i can do today and it will get better and if it doesn't get better and somebody doesn't like it i don't think that that matters to me like if they I feel like if they're judging me, what are they basing it on? Are they basing it on their artwork? Because I've never seen somebody who's exceptional in their field. Really, I, I guess I've seen some not nice people, but anybody who's really good at what they do, I've only seen them encourage other people and try to lift them up. 
rather than trying to pull them down. So if somebody is judging and criticizing and saying mean things, it's way more about them than it is about you. Yeah. You, most of the criticism that I hear is usually from the casual fan or the general public, not necessarily someone who's also in that field. Right. So then just tell them to go pound salt. I shall, I shall add that to the lexicon. Go pound salt. Yeah, I usually say it a little bit more sailor mouthy, but pound salt will work. My thing is more kick rocks barefoot. Oh, there you go. So that that's usually a, a thing, or or yeah. step on, or step on a Lego. Oh gosh, that's terrible. I that's know. bad. I know. Hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sadistic like that. I'm sadistic. It is. Well, I hope that that since we're talking about creativity, especially. Like, get creative. I hope everybody who listens to this, if you want to paint, paint. If you want to make a, um, you know, a balsam glider. If you want to do something with RC cars. Like, don't limit what you think is appropriate creativity, number one. And number two, just do it. Just try it. Just start it. And just know it's going to be really bad. Like, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah. And then it will get better. That's. I think that's the hurdle most people have to get over There's is their own insecurity of the finished product. Ooh, I don't know who talks about it. I think it may be um, Cleon. Uh, what's his name, Cleon? I can't think of his first name. But he talks about it as a gap between it's your taste gap, like your taste is really good. I think it's Austin Cleon. Your taste is really good. So I can look at Kevin Kearns's picture on my dresser and go, that is a good painting, right? Mm -hmm. And then I have really good taste. And then when I sit down to do it, my skill level isn't high enough to match my taste level. And that's where people get discouraged because the first time they do it, they're like, this is not at all like Kevin Kearns. <laughs> and so then they give up. And so you have to know. I guess that's why I get, like, I don't mind if something's really bad. I'm like, gosh, I did that really badly. I hate that. And then I'm like, okay, so next time I will not use orange and purple together because I really don't like that. And then I'm okay. Yeah, that works. That works. Dropping some uh, very good bits of advice here. Very good bits. Um, do I have anything else? No, I think I think we're uh, I think we're good. Yay! I think we're good. I had I had questions here about you know uh, journaling and uh, you know how your website progressed, f- photography. But I just felt it was best to just go the way we went. Awesome! I will talk to you again if they like me. Yes, uh, I may just I may have to talk to you again anyway. I I might want to talk to Papa Mac too for <laughs> Papa Mac is awesome. Everybody likes him for the for the for the artiste the paintings. Nice. Um, I would like to. Uh, I don't know if I can when I could schedule that, but yeah, I'm, I may have to come back for Papa Mac. I'll have to ask him. I don't think he and he is so funny. He's never been on a podcast. He's just a Papa Mac. That would be that would be a great get. 
I'm, oh, you know what? He um he taught Andy. Oh, what's it? Andy Grammer? Andy. Like, there's a there's a real like I think it's Andy Grammer. I don't know what his last name is. It's Andy somebody, but it's like a real um like a pop singer, mm-hmm. um and and like he's just Papa Mac's buddy because Papa Mac taught him in art class. Just like that. Art Just class. Like that. Yeah, like in third grade art class. Interesting. Small world. It's very yeah. small world. Very exciting. I got a, I got a lot to work with here. Yay. Um, I told you I'm very interested. Yes, yes, you you told me. You 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 did tell me. I it's not that I it's not that I didn't believe you. I probably didn't believe me, no, but no, then no. come to find out no. I'm very interested. No. no. I've been a speaker. Okay, so that's another thing. Yes. That people I've been a public speaker for fifteen years. Right? Like I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. I didn't know how to make the lady in the middle shut up, right? Right. Um but yeah. I I took how many speak? I took a lot of public speaking courses in high school. I always had the shaking leg, stand, oh, standing, up, standing up in front of a, a crowd. Yeah, that was always tough. But I, I've always enjoyed the idea of speaking publicly, or at least talking to groups of people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably why this podcast thing even sort of took off off the ground is because of my desire to talk. Um, but yeah, that. That that shaking leg thing is something that's very hard to overcome. So what you should do, because you know I like being bossy, right? Right. So what you should do is you should start offering to talk about podcasting at places around you, right? Like you, uh, I don't know if the Rotary people want to do it, but you could contact schools, high schools, you could contact any civic groups, if there's any marketing meetups, anything like that. And then you should tell, talk to them about podcasting or something else you like talking about. I don't care what you talk about. Because what will happen is, especially at, if you talk about podcasting with them, mm-hmm. they'll give you feedback that you can't get from, like, doing stuff. Like, that's why I still occasionally I do talk to people because you have to talk to people. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, but, but. If you start doing that public speaking, your podcast will get 10 times better, too. Your podcast was delightful, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. That, that brings another question. Um, the preparation. So you said talk to offer to talk to podcasts um, for high schools, public organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, for free. Because what happens? So, so if you want to be a pub. If you want to be a public speaker, then I'm sure there's real official rules that people will tell you what you should do. But the way that I do it, and I've spoke nationally when I feel like it, is I will go and talk to anybody who will listen to me. And at the end of the talk, you say, hey, I'm obviously I'm a public speaker. I'm super funny, right? Um, If you know any other groups that would like to hear me speak i would be more than happy to talk with them please let me know and then one or two people will come up to you and they will say oh can you come talk to my women's group and you're like yes i would love to come talk and and then eventually you'll get to where you have too many groups to talk to and that's when you can get fussy mm. and that's when you can drop the no 
on the yeah, that, that's when you could say. And then the other thing you need to know is is here's what you're gonna say to if you like do networking groups are an amazing place to speak. People love that. But this is what you need to tell them. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking me to join your networking group. What I'm doing right now is I'm just going around to a bunch of different ones and trying to figure out which one's going to be the best fit for me, but I really appreciate it. Very diplomatic. Because they will want you to, and it took me a long time, and where I was just like, uh, uh, like usually I would just say no, but you let me speak to these people, and now I look like an asshole, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. But you should do that. It's very fun to speak. And people will tell you things. And then they're going to. It's so funny because then they'll laugh at things that you don't like. They never laugh at what I think they're going to laugh at. And then you'll get your um, like your cadence down. Yeah. Um, And you'll stop saying um in real talking. That's what I got the best at. But. You know how I told stories and how my stories would have like kind of a start and a middle and an end? I don't have those memorized. It's just my life. But I learned that if I tell a story rather than preach at somebody or just say things, it's way more interesting. Yeah. Some, but some of those, you got there's a fine line between the story being prepared and feeling like, you know, this is just, it, it, there's something about it being natural versus it being artificial. Right, right, right. Because I tell the story, obviously, of getting my children, right. right? Like, that's the biggest event in my life. We adopted three children from foster care. So I tell it, but I never, like, tried to memorize it. So depending on who I'm talking to, um, like, if I'm talking to a woman's group, I talk a lot more about the anxiety that I felt that I was really losing my life, right? Like, I... I have these kids now I've taken responsibility for them but that kind of meant being a being the wife and the primary caregiver that my life went away and that's what freaked me out right so but I would never say that to your your um like creativity people we got to keep it happy right 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 so that's that's what you can do and and you get that by speaking more like you get that ability to take a um a story and make it more um understandable and more interesting and because i've given talks where people just stared at me and i'm like oh wow this is really bad so i'm gonna have to get better at this gotcha one last question yes sir. the introverted side you mentioned how does that conflict with when you have to do conferences because like you 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 may not want to put yourself in front of a large. Well, you you mentioned you you don't do larger groups. Is it? Oh no! When I speak, I have no problem speaking because then I'm the talent, and they like me, and I'm funny, and they think that I'm interesting, okay. right? Then they have this perception of me that's fine, like, and then I spend all my time in my hotel room cutting out pieces of paper. That's what I do. Right. Or I go to a bar across the street where nobody is and I have two beers and then I go home. I don't feel like I have to entertain them at a conference. It's my job to um, either speak or if I'm going to a conference, then it's my job to be social when it's the official times. Mm -hmm. 
but then I don't have to talk to anybody because I'm a super, like I'm the biggest introvert you've ever met and nobody believes me. But if you start speaking, you will find that a lot of speakers are very introverted. You can be the talent, you can be interesting, but you're also not going to, very few of them are at the bar afterwards drinking with everybody. Most of them are on to whatever they do. On to the next engagement or they've just disappeared. Right. Or they've gone to their room. And, and, you know, whenever I speak at a conference, I'm there for the whole conference. I will go and I will, um, you know, to all the, the things, if they apply, like if I can get something out of them, um, I'll go to them all and I'll listen. And I've never gone to a conference that I haven't learned something. But as soon as like the door, the, you know, the last thing, official thing of the day happens, then I go to my room. Okay. Because I, I, are you an introvert? Yes. That's why yeah. I asked. That's why I asked. Yeah, because it takes all of my energy to be social with them. And so if I were to feel like I had to go be social with them in the evening or, oh, my God, sometimes they all want to get in a car and go somewhere together. Yeah. And it takes like an hour and a half to figure that out. I would lose my mind for that where I can just go across the street to the delightful bar and have a beer. Yeah, I think that the for that that sounds like an efficiency problem, and that that bothers me just as much. As no, but introverts love that they'll talk about, or extroverts love that they'll talk about where they want to go. They'll talk about who they're going to get there. They'll talk about Sally, who hasn't gotten here yet. Do you think Sally's coming? Should we call her? I don't know. She said she might come. I don't know. She, I'm like, no. Just even talking about it made me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, so you just figure out what you can do. It's it's the no thing, right? Yeah. You figure out what you can do. You're being paid, or you're you're being paid in either attention or money, to be delightful. I am delightful, but then I you're not paying me to be social for the next, you know, three days. That is true. There you go. Well, it was nice talking to you. Yes, it was nice talking to you as well. Very very informative. Very enjoyable. Uh, glad to have you. Yay. And yeah, if you want to do it like in the middle of next year with like specifics about how to like set up a blog or how to do things, I can do all that too. Yeah. Because uh, I might, I actually might need your services. I don't sell anything. All I do is blog. I know. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just, I just feel um, the social media side for me is always my problem. You know, I'm, I've, I guess for me, I just like creating the content first and then all that other stuff is just outside noise. I have to sort of incorporate some of it into the process. At least that's what I feel. Um, oh, yeah, you do. But but you could figure out fun ways to do it. Like, And you want to do, do it in a way that makes you happy, right? Like, so say you really like mixing the audio, right? Like you, you're one of those people that cares if there's no ums or whatever, okay? Then you take and you go, okay, I found the perfect quote for this from, you know, Tara's thing. This is the perfect quote. And instead of trying to like make a fancy graphic or having a template graphic or all this shit, you take that clip and you make a little tiny video of her saying that clip and you make a, a picture of it. You make it a tiny little movie and that's what you share for each of them, right? Like. Yeah. And then 
all of a sudden you like like it's like oh not only am i editing but i'm trying to find the perfect quote and then instead of like it being a picture of her because nobody wants to see a picture of her you're like oh my gosh she talked about worms i'm gonna find the cutest picture of a worm and then you find a picture of a worm and then all of a sudden you go viral See, I I think that part about the worm picture didn't click for me. Like Norm, I've I've made the video that you're talking about. I, I did audiograms like way back when I first started, and it just it was interesting to make because there's a creative uh, aspect to it. So I, I made something that I was that I enjoyed making, but um, I geared it more toward the people who were talking to sort of give them pictures in that particular little one minute audio thing. But no, 15 seconds worms. 15 seconds worms. Right? Like, you need to make it something interesting. Nobody cares about her. Nobody cares about you. Like, that's the whole thing. I we all worry that somebody cares about us. Nobody cares about us. They like a nice quote. They'll eat up a nice quote all day long. They like funny things with worms. They like dogs, cats, all kinds of stuff. Nobody likes you. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, when they hear phrases like that, that that affects them in a certain way. But I, 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 get, <laughs> I get you. I get your point. I completely yeah, get your if point. If we hadn't talked for an hour, I would never tell you that nobody likes you because I'm super, super kind. Right. Um. But but nobody likes me either. Like I'm not offended because nobody like my husband likes me. My children mostly like me. You probably like me because I did something for you. I'm making you a podcast, right? Uh, yeah. And you, ent- you, you entertain me at, at the very least, even if Right. Even if this I'm work. funny, huh? Yeah. Yes. Um, but, but, no, but, but you don't like me. You like what I did with you and for you. And, you know, if we had 20 more conversations, then you might like me. But right now, you're helping me. I get to have something fun to share with my peeps. I'm helping you. You have something fun to share with your peeps. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think people care too much. They're very nervous. I think there's also a part of it where there's an adherence to societal norms. Oh, I don't have that. That's, that's (laughs) your, your honesty is it's straight to the point. It's, it's sort of like there are people that if, if you take, honesty and compare it to a knife there are people that their honesty penetrates you know you know plunges deep into the skin yours is more like the knife is it gets like right to the skin but it's just it stops right there right because i would never want to hurt anybody right like that's not that's the difference between like i was saying if if somebody is really good at something and they say to you oh you know what if you turn down this knobby geary thing, it would really help your podcast. Then they're being kind. Like they're trying to help you. They're telling you how to fix something. If somebody says, you say, um, too much. I got criticism sometimes that I wear blue jeans. Okay. Well, don't come then. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, a, it's all about uh, mind state. Exactly. And if your intentions, so the reason why I can be honest so much is because my intentions are really good. Like I'm bossy, but I bossy because I want people to have amazing businesses or I want them to have an amazing life or I want them to do what they want to do. 
I'm not bossy to say that the way that I do things is the perfect way. You have to do it my way. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that. I, I've, I've, been, I've been listening. and I've, it, it doesn't come across as like do it my way or the highway. It's just, you know, I'm helping, but I'm just very direct with my help. <laughs> That's true. You're very direct. <laughs> but it's, it's, not in a, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just meant to be, as I said, direct. Like you do, you're not here to step on toes, hurt feelings. You're just providing help, but just very straight. It's not watered down. It's just no ice. You know, right? Straight. And you're right. I don't have those good social conventions. But that's, I, to be honest, I, I think that's fine. Even... I think that's fine. At, at being worried about um, societal norms after a certain age, I just feel like it's a waste of time. Yeah, I don't really aspire to it. So yeah, the, ener- the energy you're wasting adhering to those is taking away from anything else you may want to do. Right. All right, well, I got to go feed my kids. All right. Uh, feed them the good stuff. Uh, spaghetti night. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Uh, garlic bread on the side or no? No, no, no. But I do make the sauce. Okay. Meat sauce or just marinara? Meat, uh, well, I'm a vegetarian, so I make vegetarian and meat sauce. Nice. There you go. Good intention. All right, well, I'll talk to you again. And let me know uh, when you publish, and I will share it. I will let you know. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.